0: This is the First Emanuel Lutheran Church Podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. So as you heard at the beginning of the service, our uh, series for this Advent is Moving In. And it's really an appropriate title because Christian faith is about moving. And that's because ours is a God of action. Right away in the, in the beginning of the Bible, God created the heavens and the earth. Let there be light and there was light. God of action. When it came time to save humanity, He came into our world. John 1.14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. I kind of like the way the uh, paraphrase, the message puts it. The Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Ours is a God of action. He's always on the move. So if we have been created by a God of action, it would only be logical for us to deduce that we are called to be people of action. Not passive people, but active people. And that's really the direction for our message. Our whole service this evening is Christian action or maybe we can put it this way the action of the Christian. Someone once said the longest distance in the world is the 20 inches from the head down to the heart. The head is where we have knowledge. Knowledge is the accumulation of information. The heart is the seed of wisdom. It's knowing how to positively use the information that the head has gathered. Or maybe it's it's better put if we do it this way. There's a difference between knowing and doing. Knowing is is about who you are. We know a lot about ourselves, don't we? Uh, For instance, uh, we know we're alive. We're living, we're breathing, we can take a pulse here. Although sometimes uh, when I do teach 8th grade confirmation, I'm a little worried about some of the 8th graders. But for the most part, they're able to steam a mirror. We also know we're sinful. It's obvious to ourselves. We We can each look in the mirror and we can each identify where we have failed. And, and if it's not obvious to us, just ask someone that you live with. And they'll let you know that you might be a pretty good person, but not necessarily a perfect person. So we know we are sinners. Which is what leads us to repentance. We are repentant sinners. That's, that's an action of the, the Christian that the Holy Spirit moves us to repentance because we know that our Savior Jesus has moved into the neighborhood for our benefit, on our behalf. So we imperfect people stand before a perfect God. But that perfect God decided to come and rescue us. And so this Jesus who's come into Bethlehem's manger is true God and true man. And He came and we know that He lived the perfect life for us. He did all things that were necessary for our salvation. He followed that law perfectly and He gave us His righteousness. But how about all those imperfections? How about that guilt and that shame? Well, Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He took our sins, our transgressions, our shortcomings, our faults, our failures, whatever you want to call them, and carried them to the cross And there, along with the crucified Jesus, He crucified the the guilt of our sin. This is this God of action. He didn't sit back and watch humanity literally go to hell, but He came to rescue us and so that we can stand at the face of the open and empty tomb and we can bask in the warmth of God's powerful resurrecting love. Oh, this is a God of action. And he says that we should abide in him. So in other words, we are called to know Jesus. And we do know Jesus, don't we? We all can probably tell the story of his birth in Bethlehem a couple thousand years ago. We probably can tell the stories about his uh, amazing, powerful sermons in which he called sinful people into his grace. Or how about those Uh, powerful miracles, calming the winds and the waves or being able to change water into wine or those compassionate miracles where He healed the sick and even raised the dead to life. We know Jesus. We've got that beautiful head knowledge about Jesus. But it's for being a Christian, it's more than just knowing the story. It's being able to experience the love in the story. This is why Jesus says in uh, our gospel lesson, Abide in me. Abide in me. So how do we do this? How do you abide in Jesus? And he, he tells us in, in John chapter 8, verse 31, uh, To those who believed in him, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And that's what we're doing here. That's what worship is about. Abiding, getting to know our Jesus even that much better. It's what happens when we're in Bible class. That happens right after our worship. Some of us will be in Bible class. Some of you are part of a small group and it happens there. Or family devotions. Or it happens in personal Bible reading and prayer. Or when a husband and a wife pray together. Abiding in Jesus. It's getting to know God. It's getting to know His love. It's getting to hear His call to us. Giving our lives purpose and meaning. Well, this is what keeps us abiding in Christ. This is what it means to know the Savior Jesus. But, our knowing is lived out in our doing. James 1.22. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What does it mean that we would be deceiving ourselves? It means this. We are called to something beyond the knowledge of Jesus. We are called to something beyond the information that He gives to us. We are called to put faith into practice. Head knowledge is important. But putting it into practice is necessary. And the reason we have any kind of head knowledge is that we may do something. To spend $100,000 on a college education and not use it, we might consider that a little ridiculous. Or if a friend said to you, I just spent like $2,500 on woodworking tools. And you say, hey, what are you going to do? And he, I, I don't know. I'm just reading about it. This past week, I spent time with my daughter and her family. And, and uh, the, the girls went out shopping. And they came back with a box. And my granddaughter was pretty excited. Gingerbread Village. It looked delicious. I was told I couldn't eat it. But she tore the box open and her mother said, no, before we do anything, let's read the directions. She's an accountant. She didn't get that from me. Let's read the directions. So they found out how to break it apart. Which of the frosting is designed to glue the walls together and the roof on the top? Now we have to let that dry for a while, which is wonderful. And there it sat. But the head knowledge of how to do it allowed them to get it done. And this is what we are called to do as Christians. Jesus said this in John 15:5: Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Abiding is about who we are, bearing fruit is about what we do. Abiding gives us knowledge. Bearing fruit is about the doing. So God has given us this wonderful spiritual knowledge, this faith we'll call it, that we would live out our purpose, live out our calling, be spiritually fruitful. What does it mean to be spiritually fruitful? Paul talks about that in Galatians 5. He said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gentleness, self-control. So the Christian knowledge that's given to us by the Holy Spirit through His Word, we get to translate that into gracious works of love. We are saved to serve. We are redeemed to share God's love. Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. In other words, it's it's not because of my doing that I'm saved. But what he's going to end up saying is this. Because you're saved, you get to do. Listen how this ends. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we don't do works in order to be saved, but we do works because we are saved. This is why Jesus could say in John 15, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. We get to love one another because we've been so dearly loved. So what does this love look like? 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never ends. It is the knowledge of Jesus' love for your life and mine that allows us to love as we have been loved. The knowledge of God's love in our sinful lives tells us who we are. We're God's forgiven children. Dearly loved. Redeemed. Heaven bound. And the knowledge of God's love also gives our lives purpose and meaning and direction. It points us to what we have been called to do, love one another. Knowledge is important. I know that I'm a grandfather. That wasn't hard to figure out. My children have children. That's it. That's all you need to be a grandfather, I found out. Just let your children have children. You become a grandpa. That's who I am. But it was about two hours after they put together the walls of that little village with all the roofs that I was sitting in a comfortable chair reading a book, and I heard a five-year-old voice call out, Grandpa, you have to come and help me decorate now. I knew I was a grandpa, and I knew what I got to do. And besides... There were M&M's. We decorated and we ate and we laughed and we loved. See, it's one thing to know you're a grandfather, but the real joy is being a grandfather, doing the grandfatherly things. I believe the same thing holds true for our identity as Jesus' followers. It's one thing to know the faith, and that's important. It's important to know the love of Christ. It's important also to know that the real joy of life is living the faith, loving as we have been loved. And this is why Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Your joy and my joy is knowing that God has come into the world, that the child of Bethlehem will be the Savior of the cross and the victor over the grave. But our joy is also living that faith in such a way that others would experience the love of Jesus through each one of us. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.